Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. And that's right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, joined by my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. And Dan, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, doing, I'm doing okay. Unfortunately, the, our Mets have, haven't been, haven't been doing so well. It's been a lot of me throwing balls of water at TV. So it's, it's reached that point of the season. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as uh, me and you have discussed frequently this year so far, unfortunately, um, we're kind of hoping that our Mets are doing the reverse of what they've done the last couple of years, where they've started off really good and then finished really bad. Well, let's just hope they're starting off really bad and finishing really good this year. Uh, that would be a nice change of pace if, uh, that, if that's to come. But, um, you know, we got plenty of time to get into the Mets. We'll be getting into them a little bit later on. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. Um, you know, right off the bat, Dan, I mean, uh, they had this whole uh, controversy that we're going to get into in a little bit with uh, Judge supposedly, you know, maybe cheating a little bit, trying to gain a little bit of an advantage down there or up, I'm sorry, up there in Toronto. Uh, you know, obviously the uh, whole Mets situation, the Mets bringing back Vientos today. Uh, the Knicks were eliminated, and the NFL schedule release was out last week. So we'll be touching on a little bit of all this right now. But, Dan, I think we both agree that we're going to be getting it started with the New York Knicks dropping Game 6 in Miami, 96-92. Uh, it was a tight game. The Knicks at one point led 31-17, and it looked like we were going to be seeing our first Game 6 for the New York Knicks. Uh, or I'm sorry, the first Game 7 for the New York Knicks in over 20 years. It would have been the first Game 7 at Madison Square Garden for the Knicks since 1995 against the Pacers. Um, so what's your, your reaction, Dan? We've had a little while to digest this since they lost. How are you feeling a week out now? I was disappointed big time, all right? Freaking Butler freaking was shades of using the Jordan every year in the playoffs in the 90s. I had to go and say to some people on the, on, I just made a joke to some people on Twitter because there's some people that I can tell kind of maybe don't remember the 90s on Twitter. So I said, let me tell you about old year in 1994. We were one win away from winning it all. One and, finger roll from Patrick Ewing. Yeah, exactly. Just We were that close and... If you want to talk about disappointment, then that was disappointment. You, you, you haven't seen all the years of disappointment we've seen in the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. This was a it was a nice little run. It was fun. And you know what? As a uh, long-suffering Knicks fan like I am, like you are, you know what? Uh, this isn't the end goal that we want. We don't want to, um, you know, make – our season, the goal to be losing in the second round to a number eight seed, which hurts even more, to be honest, as good as we both know the Heat are. Um, you know, that team is loaded with killers. They have one of the best coach, uh, you know, if not the best coach in basketball right now, Spolstra, you know, Jimmy Butler's money, Bam Adebayo. Uh, one thing I have to say about Bam Adebayo is that guy is dangerous. He, How many Knicks ankles did that guy injure? throughout this six-game series. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a I, – I, I like Bam Adebayo as a player. I would like him on my team, but I do view him as a little bit dirty after this series. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have to just tip your cap to guys like Jimmy Butler and uh, this uh, this Miami Heat team as, as they continue 
this improbable run. Um, you know, so what do you think, Dan? Where where do we go from here? Uh, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Be, before we even do that, we have to uh, address this man right here because this guy, Mr. Jalen Brunson, as we could see, let me get this uh, thing out of here real quick. You can see that Jalen Brunson uh, was just money, you know, specifically in that game six. The guy was just undeniable. Uh, 45 minutes played, 41 points. The, you just couldn't stop him. Um, Dan, you know, what's your reaction about Jalen Brunson? I mean, we knew this guy was really good. But I think with his performances specifically in games five and six in the series, not that he wasn't amazing for the rest of the series and the playoffs to begin with, but I think his performances in game five and six show that not only do we have a star in Jalen Brunson, the Knicks have a superstar. I, I feel confident going, going, go, moving on into the future with this guy. Like I feel like we finally have that superstar we could build around. We finally got a superstar point that actually wants to play for us. And that's been always a hard time the last couple of years. You all know the history. I mean, I, I'm still reminded of the, the, the letdown with, with the fact that the Lakers are still in the front. Are, are in are in the Western Conference Finals. Every time I see LeBron James, it just it, it makes me remember that disappointment. Remember we, we were all excited about LeBron coming here. Oh yeah, yep. The summer of 2010. Yeah, every time I see his face on TV, it just brings back painful memories of the most one of the most disappointing days in the history of the New York Knicks. So many Knicks fans were excited about that. I even heard something that not many I, there was something even revealed that not many people know about the whole effort to try to get LeBron to come to the Knicks. One of the things the Knicks did, they somehow got James Gandolfini to film a video reprising his role of Tony Soprano in a in an effort to get him to come here. <laughs> that well, that that's a hell of a pitch. Got to give it to the Knicks for creativity on that. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't get LeBron. You know, like he said, he's still going strong in the Western Conference Finals against uh, the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are looking pretty, pretty good right now. Uh, you know, in and, the and Eastern. Could, yeah. And I could say I'm, losing, I'm, I'm, I'm really rooting for the Lakers to lose. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. I'm going for Denver. Uh, you really have to love what this guy uh, Jokic is doing out there, right? He is just, you know, this kid last night actually in their win, their game one win over the Lakers, he went out there and had, he he became uh, the first player in 25 years to have at least 10 rebounds and he had 12 and at least five assists in one quarter. He, he did that in the first quarter. 12 rebounds, five assists in route to uh, the a, just a, a dominating performance. Great victory in game one for the Nuggets. So you got to give that to them. Uh, you know, look, there, there really aren't any, um, you know, heavy, heavy. There's still a lot of good teams left. Probably the, um, the Nuggets are probably the best one regular season wise. But, man, don't sleep on any of these guys, uh, you know, the, the Lakers, especially with LeBron, can come out and get you at any time. The Nuggets are a deep team. Uh, Boston is a very, very good team, too, no doubt about it. And you can never sleep on the heat, as we just saw. So, you know, Dan, real quick, do you th if, if you had to pick one team of the Final Four to be standing tall at the very end, who do you think is going to be the last man standing? Oh, a lot of people in Boston are going to be happy about this because I'm just going to go going into this. I'm going to predict the, the Celtics winning it all. <laughs> hey, not a crazy prediction, my friend. Not a crazy prediction. So, you know, when you look at that, I think the, the finals that the NBA wants, uh, well, although you can never dismiss the LeBron intrigue factor, but if you want to say that everybody is still kind of fatigued 
at this point from LeBron. I mean, a Denver-Boston uh, NBA final would be absolutely huge for the league there, too. You know, you pull in a lot of the West Coast. You pull in a lot of the East Coast. Uh, two teams, you know, there's probably more intrigue around Boston because Denver kind of flies under the radar there. But definitely a very, very good matchup if that was to happen, right? Yeah, that one. I also can't discount the fact that if they don't like the Lakers, they're gonna they're the NBA probably also loves the idea just because of the historical rivalry, the Celtics Lakers. That's that's a historic rivalry. If you've seen all those highlights in the eighties and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. Definitely but big, big intrigue there. Um, you know, so just to, to focus on our Knicks now, uh, just to to uh, wrap this little bit up about them. You know, Dan, this Knicks team was picked coming into this season to win about 37, 38 games. They overperformed that by about 10. You know, Thibodeau had them, I, f- I forget what their exact record was, 47 and 35, I think I want to say, right around there. So, it's, so you know, Thibodeau had them, uh, as a as a really good team, you win forty seven games any year in the NBA. You're doing a pretty damn good job. So uh, you know, got to tip your cap to Tibbs there. Um, got to tip your cap to the rest of the team. The the uh, bench and everything played great. Brunson uh, obviously is a is a man amongst boys. But if you were gonna make a choice, um, what this team should do going forward, I think we really saw that man. If in Game Six, if either Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett stepped up the way Jalen Brunson did, then there's a very good chance the Knicks could still be playing right now. Uh, I think one of those guys has to go. As disappointed as I was with R.J. at times, I think the guy that has to go has to be Julius Randle. Um, I I don't know. How do you feel about that, Dan? I kind of feel the same way. Julius Randle when it has to go. And, you know, is is there anybody that catches your interest? Like, I know, you know, the NBA, you never know what's going to happen. You know, tomorrow, one of the biggest stars in the league can demand a trade, and then everything changes. But if you if you had to look at the league right now, is there anybody that you kind of have your eye on that you hope that, even if it doesn't seem likely right now, maybe the Knicks can get their, their hands on this offseason? I don't, this is like one of the weird off seasons because I don't really see anything that's gonna really, really like raise our eyebrows when potential anyone that could be moving teams this year. Yeah, well, and and you're right because I I don't think that big free agent that you know we always talk about everybody always wants that big fish that big free agent. Uh, I don't think that guy is there this year. You know. Um, but when you do look at it, I think that there might be a couple of trades to be had. And, you know, like I said, in the NBA, you, you never know. Um, but I do think that, the, that things are pointing in the right direction. The, the, the Knicks have the ability to make a trade. Because one thing we can't forget, too, is there's going to be guys we're not thinking of. There's going to be guys that have contract disputes or disputes with management or they don't like their coach, or they don't like their team. You know what I mean? There's always something going on, and uh, in, in really any of these sports. But for some reason, the NBA uh, star players moving seems more prevalent than in in the other sports. But um, you know, the, I think right now. Well, let, let me ask you this question: As we, uh, uh, you know, about to wrap this up, coming out of this season now with everything we've seen from the last couple of years with all the assets the Knicks have acquired, do you, right now, um, you know, the Knicks GM, Leon Rose, has had a couple of years to lay his groundwork. From what we've seen, do you trust Leon Rose going forward? Going forward, I trust Leon Rose going forward. Yeah, I think he's his his resume speaks for itself, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, because we have to remember, too, Knicks fans, we might be impatient at times, but uh, 
remember the mess that Leon Rose inherited when he got here, man? I mean, there really wasn't much that you could look at and be proud of, of this, not, not only the Knicks roster, but everything surrounding it from the coaching, from the way it was perceived around the league. And right now, even though the Knicks, you know, maybe they're not at that level of respect that those nineties Knicks had from the way they were run and perceived. I think that's starting to change right now. Right. Yeah. I feel, I feel like this is starting to change and we're finally going to get that. I feel we're going to get that yearly being contenders again, finally. Exactly. And that's where you want to be. You know, that's the, uh, that's the name of the game right now for the Knicks. So, okay. You know, it sucks. We uh, lost this game six uh, to a, a veteran, well-coached Miami team. And now you just got to hope they pick up the pieces and move on. Um, you know, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing right now, Dan, is we're going to be moving on. Now we're going to be continuing on. Um, and we're going to be doing a little, little bouncing back and forth. We like to keep our baseball together. We do Mets and the Yankees together a lot. But you know what? I do want to pair this beginning with another interesting storyline that we were talking about. So, Dan, the last couple of days, I don't know if you've been seeing, but uh, again, the guy is tearing it up. He uh, hit two home runs the other night against the Blue Jays to get started. Then he hit another bomb last night to keep it going. Uh, that was another late home run that put the Yankees ahead. They ended up winning the game 6-3. to three. Um, And, you know, we're starting to get whispers. It started on the Blue Jays broadcast that Judge was looking into the Yankee dugout. Now, here is the image that has been circulating. And let's see if I can enhance this a little bit for our viewers. That is what they're saying um, Judge was doing. Okay, if you look at his eyes right there, what they're saying Judge is doing is that he's looking into the dugout and and I guess the Yankees are relaying signs to him. Um, I don't know, Dan. I'm no fan of the Yankees, and I do think that the Yankees did some cheating before the Astros in 2015 with uh, Carlos Beltran. A lot of people don't want to talk about that, but I do think that's true. But I don't really see any issue with this. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I don't see anything that looks like there's anything that's cheating. And if there is, the it should be the theme on them case. All I keep hearing from every Yankee fan, they keep bitching about the Astro cheating, and that would really that would be a real letdown if we like Yankee fans all of a sudden their team is cheating, but all of a sudden they were the ones bitching about the Astros cheating. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that to be honest, like, look, Beltran was the guy that took one of the biggest hits for the um, 2017 Astros. You know, he even lost his Mets managing gig because of that, which had nothing to do with it. Um, but let's, Let's remember things for a second here. He shows up with the Yankees suddenly. A-Rod comes back that year. A-Rod goes crazy. Teixeira has a great year. And those guys had garbage years for the previous years before that. Um, the Yankees suddenly have a fantastic year, make the playoffs for the first time since 2012. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. And there have been whispers about this since well before I'm stating this right now on the show. And even before... The Astros scandal. So, uh, you know, it's typical Yankee fans to be throwing mud all over the Astros for whatever they did, which, by the way, wasn't right. Banging the cat, the uh, um, trash cans and all that shit. They, the Astros might have taken it to another level. But let's be honest here. I think the Yankees were cheating. I think the Astros were cheating. I think the Red Sox were cheating during that Alex Cora in that era when, when they won the World Series in 2018. And I think a lot of teams were cheating, to be honest. And I just don't think that 
especially in that era, fans and media, I guess, or maybe the media to a lesser extent, weren't really aware of this, right? I mean, look, if to be honest, if that many players and that many teams yeah, are doing it, exactly. everybody's guilty, I, right? Yeah, I, I I think there was a lot more people cheating than we, than we actually think were cheating. And the only reason people are all over the Astros about it is because somehow that information got leaked. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Thanks to, uh, I forget what the pitcher's name was, but the uh, the pitcher that used to play for the Oakland Athletics and he ended up pitching for the, uh, the Houston Astros during that championship year. I don't know why I can't remember the guy's name right now. But, um, you know, he's the one that kind of outed it. But like I said, I don't think that the Astros were the only ones doing it. And to be honest, if we're going to get back to this judge thing here, and not get sidetracked by the whole cheating discussion. I look the guys, how many times have we seen really, really good ball players like hall of fame level ball players, um, you know, lose, uh, or I'm sorry, not lose, but look back and try to see, see the signs. That's what it seemed like he was doing to me. He seemed like he was doing the type of, if you want to call it cheating, quote unquote that players have been doing in baseball for over a hundred years, right? Yeah, exactly. They weren't re really stealing they were just stealing signs. They weren't on anything like using really using anything. They just somehow picked up on the signs and uh used it to their advantage. It's not like it's not like they were doing they were doing what supposedly the actors were doing with their video feeds and uh banging trash cans. They were legitimately picked up on the other team's signs and used that to their advantage. So, and I do have a lot. I have some friends in the Toronto area, but I'm sorry, Aaron Judge was probably not cheating. <laughs> yeah, he's probably not. I mean, look, the guy hit 62 home runs last year. He's one of the best power hitters in baseball. Um, I don't think that Judge has to cheat to hit home runs in the first place. And I don't think that he was doing it last night. Um, you know, and by the way, too, I don't know what judge was looking at. Maybe he was looking at the catcher. Maybe he was looking at the dugout. It's a chance he was looking at the dugout. But just the fact that he was looking at the dugout doesn't mean the guys in the dugout were doing anything nefarious to get the signs. You know what I mean? Even the Blue Jays pitcher said that he was that afterwards he was aware he was tipping his pitches. So maybe it's just the fact that he was tipping his pitches so clearly on the mound that somebody in the Yankees dugout picked it, picked up on it and was trying to relay that information to Aaron, to Aaron judge in real time, which by the way, people has been happening in baseball for 150 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What my co-host said has been happening. This has been happening for, for as long as there's baseball, and for as long as there's baseball, this is going to be happening, and get over it. <laughs> and, it's an, and, 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 since it's a, and since this is in Canada that they're complaining about this, do I need to say this in French as well? Because I don't know how to say it in French. <laughs> well, Dan, you know what? I think you hit the nail on the head with the get over it, though. And I think there's a little song that goes with that. Get over it. When you're crying, you're whining, you're pitching a fit, get over it. <laughs> now that's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and of course, of course, the thing to me what I said about it, say having to say it in French, is that I've seen, I've known enough people who have been to, been to Canada that have heard various like things on plane announcements and stuff being said in English and in French. And plus exactly, people, and I know some people who have seen the Mets on the road in Montreal, and <laughs> they told me that the PA announcements were in English and in French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. They were in French. I, I didn't actually get to Montreal. I always wanted to go, but never had the opportunity. It was just a little too young. But um, yeah. So, uh, so okay. So yeah, let's move on from the judge thing. I think um. You know, it's pretty clear that we both uh, don't really have a problem with it. Um, but 
there is something we do have a problem with, and that's our Mets continuing to stink. Uh, Mets lost last night 8-5 to five to the Rays. Uh, Justin Verlander got lit up and got booed off the mound. Um, you know, we were kind of hoping that maybe last night, you know, a great start from Verlander would kind of spur the Mets on and get the good vibes going again with this team. Just didn't happen yet. Uh, they they faced the Rays again tonight with Senga on the mound. So maybe Senga can get the ball rolling like that, kind of. But uh, just really, really not good vibes going on with the Mets right now, Dan. How are you feeling about the uh, about our baseball team right now? I just feel like it's a lot of lead down. It's a lot of agita this whole, this whole first quarter of the season. And then of all the days Justin Verlander had his worst start of the season, it had to be today at a game we needed to try to make a statement and win. And also, I just hope for the, for the sake of Justin Verlander, Maybe, maybe to avoid. Hope, I don't think he was distracted, but maybe he might need to advise his wife not to be to, to look so distracted in the stands when he's pitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But, but you know what though? I'm sorry. Continue. Because I, cause I, I remember my mother. I don't know. My mom watched CMC sometimes. I used to sometimes catch a glimpse, and maybe the way they would comment on it up and back in the day. You know what I mean, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you, you got a sound effect you were using. So it's like, hopefully he wasn't distracted, because I, I have to admit, if I was in Verlander's shoes, I'd have a tough time being not being distracted on the mound. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. And, you know, especially when... um. You know, you've got a wife like uh, uh, Kate Upton in the stands too. It could be a little distracting, and you got uh, you know a, a a lot of stuff with this Mets team can be distracting right now. I mean, you know, between the fact that Verlander and Scherzer just can't stay in the rotation at the same time, uh, the bullpen can look scary at times. We see how thin this pen can be uh, when everybody's pushed up because of uh, the absence of Edwin Diaz. And we also see how light this, um, you know, this Mets lineup can be at times too. When they're all clicking, specifically Alonzo and Lindor, this lineup can go up there with some of the best in baseball. But man, I mean, um, you know, they, they just seem to, they're missing a bat or maybe even two in this lineup. Uh, you know, you're getting a lot out of Nimmo. Um, you know, Lindor is having a weird year so far, but at least he's driving in runs. Alonso started off like a, a house of fire. He's cooled off the last week or two, but still leads the major leagues in home runs. So he's still doing what you're paying him to do. Um, I don't know, Dan. It, who are you looking at on this Mets roster? What What guy in this lineup do you think right now isn't pulling his weight? I just feel like I feel like it may have been the state bringing in the Vogel back. The guy mm -hmm. just seems like a slow bat. I mean, it's like it's one thing if he's hitting like for power. So I'm like, I mean, like I'm gonna use David Ortiz as an example. Like probably the high standard for DHs, but the Vogel back just getting these little base hits and his speed. He's only really getting singles, and it's not really much use. There's even been times we've had to pinch run for him a lot. Yeah. It's yeah, you're right. Becoming a, it's becoming a liability on this team. Also, I do got to applaud them for finally bringing up Mark Vienna. The guy was just asking to be called up the way he was playing. He was he was, he was, he was, he was earning it. I feel like Mauricio might be, they might be reluctant to call him up. <laughs> Because Mauricio might be trade bait, I feel like. Could be yeah, maybe, yeah. Could be maybe the piece that gets us maybe a player of, of Otani or at least a, a very decent pitcher that's going to get us, going to get us the wins we need to get over that that hump. So I feel I, I feel like that's going to play a factor going into the, the season. So Mauricio might be might be here. Question mark if he gets called up, being the fact he might be 
And I specifically think that they're going to be, be going after pitching. It's going to be the game, especially during the second half. It's going to come down to pitching. But I feel like we're going to get – our hitting's going to be fine. For one thing, if, if especially if Vientos does what we expect him to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think you uh, – you know, to be honest, I agree with everything you just said from Vogelback to Vientos – uh, to the pitching even. I mean, Vogelback, uh, to, to start off with that, yeah, man, it seems like he's all singles or walks, and anytime he gets on base, he's just clogging up the base pads because, like you said, then they have to pinch run for him, and he just doesn't seem worth it. I mean, look, I, I feel like I want to like the guy, and when you look at him, you say to yourself, oh, that's a power bat. That's a guy that's going to come in here and have him an opportunity to hit 20 or 30 home runs. And he is not that at all. We've seen the one home run he hit that he didn't even pull to. It was an opposite field home run in Dodger stadium. Um, I don't know where he, he's got no pull power. It's a, it's very surprising. He's a, he's a, a perplexing player. Um, and once again, you know, you feel like you want to like him, but he's just, uh, he's not the type of, of bat that the Mets need on this in this starting lineup right now. Like I wouldn't mind Vogelback coming off the bench. You know, that's a guy that could get on base late in the game and then you pinch run for him or whatever. But I don't know. I just don't like him as a guy to be relied upon on an everyday aspect. And when you're the everyday DH against righties, which he is, you're pretty much going to play every day. And also Tommy Pham too. I haven't been happy with Tommy Pham. I mean, I guess he's 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 had a small sample size too, but he hasn't exactly hit the crap out of the ball yet either. Uh, to to look at Vientos too, you know, one thing did did you think that it was curious that they ended up bringing up Vientos, but the guy they sent down was Luis Guillorme? I was very surprised by that. How about you? Yeah, I figured Tommy Pham was going to be demoted, but. I guess it kind of happens as a just a overcrowding. I guess someone's gonna, someone was gonna be uh, brought back. They're gonna be brought to AAA, and unfortunately, it was Diorme. But yeah, I feel I feel I feel like it'll be good hands. Plus, that Diorme will probably be back up because the depth we need, the probably the depth on the bench we need. So I think I think that one will work out fine. I also feel going forward. Maybe there should be a sort of a, I guess, a DH platoon. Maybe like have a baby DH on the days that Vienos is at third. I feel should be an option to go to. Also, another mm-hmm. option they could go to with Vienos, they could have them split time between DH and first base. You know, on days maybe they want to give Alonso a rest and have him DH. Vienos oh, yeah. be at first base. Yeah, I agree. I That's it. Uh, yeah. And Escobar, I think maybe should be primarily on the bench. Yeah, you know, to be honest, and I and I like Escobar. You know, I I know he's a good guy. You know, I I, I met Escobar in uh, spring training. He could not have been a nicer guy. So this isn't coming out of me not liking him. But to be honest, I think that Luis Guillorme is a much more valuable player on this team than Eduardo Escobar. And I hate to use this word, but it seems very Wilponian to me, if that's a word that I can just make right now, like a Wilpon-esque to me of the Mets to be keeping Eduardo Escobar on the team right now, despite his awful performance at the plate. The guy hasn't, hasn't been good at all this year from an offensive perspective, which is the only reason he's here and making that money. Um, he's been terrible at the plate this year, but instead you send down Luis Guillorme, who's one of the guys on your team that plays the game the right way. He he runs the bases well. He plays great defensively. He's a guy that you developed and brought up and has been one of your longest tenured veteran bench players, and you're going to send him down and keep Eduardo Escobar? I, I don't really understand that. You know What do you think about that, Dan? Yeah, as the word in the word Chip Stripper said, that don't make no sense. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. Well said. 
Well said, my friend. And uh, yeah, you know, so uh, just talking about a couple of the other guys too. Um, you know, so we, we we mentioned in Vientos who came up late last year, and uh, you know, kind of struggled. He he kind of struggled. Beatty had a couple of moments, but uh, Vientos struggled. So it'll be nice to see him getting a shot at the big league level so quickly again. Um, you know, only six weeks or so into this season right now. And remember, Vientos had 13 or 14 home runs in the minor leagues already. So in AAA, he was on pace to hit 46 home runs this year, which would have been an, an international league record, which is crazy to think about too. So, uh, you know, Vientos has had a historic beginning to this season. Um, you know, other than that, Dan, looking at the guys they've already brought up, like Beatty, how do you like that he's performed so far this season since coming up? I feel Beatty is slowly getting there. I just feel like they need to get him in a lineup as much as possible. Because that is the only way he's going to be the player we expect him to eventually. Is, is if we keep, we keep him in the lineup as much as possible. Also, the same thing that, of course, with uh, Alvarez. Yep. I was just going to ask you about him. Of course. of course, obviously, there'll be a couple of off days. We know how that usually is with catchers. Unfortunately, I used to hear about that back, all the time back in the days with Mike Piazza, with it was on the team. Mm-hmm. People would get upset sometimes. There were people who mostly only got to get to the ballpark on Sundays, and they used to be upset when Mike Piazza wasn't in the lineup. I heard even stories of people not complaint letters to Bobby Valentine, apparently, because of that. Yeah. Yeah, because Valentine never liked to play him in a day game after a night game. Yeah, yeah. So there would be some that fans that were that really mostly went on Sunday home games, got upset they didn't get to see a best player in the team unfortunately. And let's face it, that you would expect it to happen, but unfortunately, it was a circumstance where one of the best players on the team was having to be a catcher, so they had to. It was gonna. It was gonna. It was gonna. to happen, and he was gonna need to get an off day at least once or twice a week. Yeah, it's that's, true, man. That that's what we're gonna have with the uh, Vientos. We're probably gonna be seeing Sanchez as a backup, as Vientos backup sometime down the line. I I really hope. I don't mind that the Mets signed Gary Sanchez. And if you're a Mets fan and you don't know that they signed Gary Sanchez, the former Yankee prospect and uh, you know former Yankee big leaguer and former Minnesota Twin, uh, yeah, the Mets did sign him. And to be honest, look, I got nothing against Gary Sanchez. I just really hope that we don't see him at the major league level this year because Gary Sanchez is is just not a good player anymore. You know, Gar- Gary Sanchez cannot hit. And he he's a decent thrower behind the plate. But Gary Sanchez is also not a good defensive catcher. So I feel like, especially with the Mets rotation, Having Gary Sanchez here would just not be a good move. So I don't mind them taking a shot on him. Maybe he could straighten things out in the minor leagues and they can bring him back up as maybe a part-time catcher DH type thing. But I really don't want to see him catching at the major league level this year. That uh, would be a little scary to me. Um, but you know, to get back with, with you, what, what you were saying about Alvarez and everything, I totally agree. He has to be playing every single day. I don't care if you're facing a, a tough pitcher. You know, same thing with Beatty. I don't care if you're facing a tough left-handed pitcher. He's going to have to eventually hit left-handed pitching, right? So might as well let him start now. And, you know, right now, who, who else do the Mets have to, to roll out there? You know, it's not like, you know, uh, Omir Santos got hurt. So you're you're stuck in a position right now where Francisco Alvarez has to play. You know, Ed, Eduardo Escobar has not hit for crap this year. So you're stuck in a situation where Brett Beatty has to play. It might not be the situation you want to be in, but this is the reality, right, Dan? So let the yeah, kids exactly. play, and let's find out what we got. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I'll use another an example of a team that successfully pulled this off with some young prospects. If you recall, 2003, the Miami, well, then, then Florida Marlins, they brought up a lot of young prospects. Of, including a young, a, a young Miguel Cabrera, and they even brought up a pitch. They even took a big chance on, on a pitcher that, 
kind of flew under the radar by the name of Dontrell Willis, along with some other players that kind of flew under the radar. They That's ended up pulling. One, they pulled off one of the biggest upsets. Like people thought, the World Series was going to be just handed to the 2003 Yankees. They yeah. beat them in six games. Josh Beckett throwing that complete game to finish off the Yankees in Game Six. You're absolutely right. I feel like this is a real possibility. You you might end up making. Letting these kids play might be the move that turn that seat or, or whole season around and not realize it. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, sometimes another, it's what you have to do. Another good example, I feel like gets overlooked. I mean, you look at the 2015 Mets of Fort Lee. We didn't, we didn't win the whole thing. We didn't win. Fortunately, we lost the World Series to Kansas City. But the way we got to that point, yeah, a lot of people look back at the future. Mets, they'll bring up Joanna Cespedes and that magical run he, he had after he was traded to the Mets and of course the pitching but people forget one of the players we called up was a, we called up a player by the name of Michael Conforto the guy yep. we took a chance with this guy he ended up going from the year before was playing in well then the Cyclone for a low age right? Next, he moved up very quickly to, in high bolt doubling to the big leagues. The guy ended up getting a two home run game in game game four of the World Series. Yeah. So it pays yeah, exactly to take to take a chance sometimes on on these prospects. Game and that game four of the World Series, by the way. Me and you were sitting on the couch at Anthony's house during the Halloween party watching the Mets blow that game. Uh, a scene that I'll never forget. <laughs> yep, exactly. And Anthony, the first time Anthony really got to see what I'm like. Unfortunately, he didn't get to see what it, I would have liked him to have seen what I'm like after a Mets win, but he got a taste of what I'm like watching a Mets game. Exactly. And let's just say that after the Mets lost that game, me and you started drinking a hell of a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Believe me, Anthony, believe me. If you remember, anyone who remembers the compound, Anthony was, it was well stocked, let's put it this way. Yeah. Compound, was, compound was well stocked with the So trust exactly. me, he was, he was one. And I, I could tell you, still, I have a feeling eventually, in some form, might not be a person, but. I'll kind of make sure to get to, that he'll get to know what I'm like when the Mets hopefully get to know what it's like when the Mets win a World Series, and I hope it happens that while Anthony's on this earth, he gets to know what it's like when the Mets win a World Series. Because I have a major plan to call in the day after. I'm going to call <laughs> in the day after, and I told him, "Do not be surprised if I'm crying harder than Mike Smith after that retirement." I've got two bad knees, <laughs> and I just yeah, saw the yeah, Mets win the World Series. Well, I don't know about the bad knees part, even even though I see what uh, but I might. Oh, that was the Mike Schmidt reference. Party, but I might. Yeah, yeah, of course the Mike Schmidt reference. But I might say, I came to Flushing, New York, with the hope of seeing the Mets win the World Series. Might be something on the line. On, might might be something on the line to that. Exactly, and we might have to make a video of that one day. So, <laughs> well, that, that, for, for my sake, I hope you're around in the day day I see it happen. I really yeah. hope you're around because I can tell you, you will see. You might have never seen. You will never if if it when it finally happened. You will never see two grown men hug as hard as you'll have ever seen when it when this happens. Tears will be flowing that day, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a little bit of warning. If I ever hopefully hopefully by then I'll have a driver's license. If you have the car car keys anywhere, be warning, I'll be doing burn I might have be tempted to do burnouts in front of the house. I'll let you do it. I'll I'll let you take that. You can absolutely do it. 
and then we could go around and uh, hit, hit Donovan's and grab a victory burger. Yep, exactly. The po the post parade victory burger. <laughs> exactly, brother. You know, see, we already got the whole plan laid out, ladies and gentlemen. There's not going to be any messing around the day the Mets finally win the World Series. <laughs> and of course, and, uh, of course, you can't forget get. Of course, you can't forget getting up when that happens. Getting up really early in the morning because we would have to get up really early in the morning to have that good spot for the parade. Oh yeah, and if it's if the if it's the parade, if the parade is the day after the Mets win the World Series, like sometimes there's a day in between. If it's the day after, we will not be sleeping that night. <laughs> We're gonna have to meet up with Stevie Lou and get some stuff to keep us up for a long ass time. <laughs> yep, exactly. Some of, some of that strong Dominican coffee. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly, man. And uh yeah, you know, so I think uh I'm just about done here. We still got uh one last thing I did want to hit before we get out of here today, Dan. And uh last uh Thursday, the the NFL, which is just so funny, man. These guys these guys could put anything up there and uh it'll get twenty million people watching it like they did last week, uh with the NFL schedule release. Uh, Jets, Giants, both um, big-time games. Week one right off the bat, Giants Sunday night football against the Cowboys. Jets Monday night football against the Bills. Uh, what are your thoughts from the schedule, Dan? Is there anything for your Giants that, that really stands out to you so far? Well, a couple of things. For one thing, right off the bat, week one, you might see me getting – to fight with cowboy fans on social media, without a, without a <laughs> doubt. Also, our two teams our two teams cross paths, and like I said, me and Robert might have to start a Patreon to raise money so we could have tickets for that game. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, another thing I have to say about the schedule: Christmas Day. Giants Eagles Christmas Day. That's gonna be a wild Christmas Day. Getting up open I forgot is that game a day game or a night game? I believe it's a night game, right? I think it's an eight o'clock game. I think you're right. Oh yeah, so then so that's pretty much gonna be me opening up my Christmas presents. Probably only opening up my Christmas presents, maybe maybe some Christmas center prop probably yeah, making all the phone calls, which are gonna be one Merry Christmas, so we wanna talk to on Christmas Day and uh getting together by the in, in the living room watching hopefully watching the Giants beat the Eagles and probably getting into fights with Eagles fans on social media <laughs> yeah man uh definitely a lot of highlights the the, the Giants have a, a bunch of um primetime games this year too yeah exactly also, I do have to say one negative about the schedule. I hear there's one playoff game, and I hope that it doesn't work out in the situation where the Giants are playing that one playoff game that's on Peacock, because that'll really suck for fans will not that might not have access to that game. Whatever happened to the days where the NFL, if it was the hometown team, they made sure it was on broadcast TV one way or another. I remember... They made. I remember them doing that, especially back in the early days. Remember, not many cable yep. providers had NFL Network for a while. I remember, including the cable provider that that I'm that I well then then they were called Time Warner. Now they're called Spectrum. But I remember back then Time Warner didn't didn't have Spectrum yet. I mean, they didn't they didn't have NFL Network yet. So they made an effort to make sure the. the on some TV network, I think I think they put the game on a simulcast the game on Channel Two, if I remember correctly, to make sure that Giants fans had access to that game. And that'll really suck. I feel bad for some of those Giant fans that 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 if it works out that way or whatever teams are playing in that play all, that Peacock game, they're gonna have to go to potentially go to a bar. And sometimes those bars are always a lot of fun during playoff games. I have to admit always to be in there with a lot of fans when they win but at the same time not everyone's going to want to stand up because when bars are crowded sometimes you can't find a seat it's not it's going to be it's going to be a 
a problem. So I also feel like there's going to be huge gatherings at houses, probably of fans of the two teams playing in that in the, in the in that Peacock game. Yeah, you're because probably right. And and you know I I can't believe when when did they announce that there was going to be a playoff game on Peacock this year? Because I haven't even heard that yet. That's so crazy. I, I, I can't believe. I saw this last weekend, and wow. it's, it's, it's during a wild card. Game. So it's, mm-hmm. so it's one of the, so I just know all I know is that it's one playoff game during wild card week, and that's to be determined. And I, I just feel bad for the fans of those two teams, especially if they don't have Peacock. I mean, I I have the well, I I happen to have Peacock, but not everyone does. Mm-hmm. So that that'll that'll really suck if they need to find a way to have access to that game. And I feel the NFL should not put playoff games on streaming service. Those should always be available on on TV via cable or regular network. Some some network you can get on a TV. They should have those playoff games remain on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I totally good. agree, man. It's 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 a it's a it's a real big mis- big mistake. I feel like. Yeah, it definitely is. You're right. Uh, you know that that alienates a lot of fans too. Um, you know, like like you mentioned, that don't have Peacock or a way to watch that. So that is yeah, stupid. I can't. Fact, yeah. As a as a matter of fact, I don't have Amazon. I'm gonna have to find a way to watch. I think what the Giants are playing in one of the Amazon games that are on Amazon. So I'm gonna yeah, have to go Jets, to a bar yeah. to watch one of those games. So it's um, true. I'm, I'm probably gonna have to do that because I, I can't see myself. The only other option would be to just buy, buy an Amazon subscription during football season, and then cancel <laughs> after football season. I could do that. Another, That's true. Option. That's true. I'm debating to do. I'm, I'm debating whether I'm gonna do that when it's time to watch the at the the Mets are doing the game on Apple TV. I'm debating on that buying an buying a, an Apple TV subscription and canceling at because unlike last year where the app the games on Apple TV were free, as long as you had an Apple device, you could get access Apple TV for free automatically. Like I was, I was relegated to watching those broadcasts on my phone with Apple TV games. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to get, and I, I'm if, if I choose to go in that direction to watch whatever amount of games. Probably not going to be that many, but those games that are going to be broadcasted on Apple TV, I'm going to have to buy a subscription to uh, Apple TV and cancel after the baseball season just to watch those games that are on Apple TV. And I hear, not next year, but the year after next, NASCAR, their TV deal expires. I'm hoping against hope that Amazon isn't one of the networks that gets broadcast rights to some uh some nascar races especially the fact that i'm not good at finding any place that i could pirate nascar races <laughs> so yeah that would be in a pain in the neck too if it goes on one of those crappy streaming services damn yeah exactly i would have to buy i would have to buy an amazon subscription and cancel after nascar season as long as they both both and i and i gotta hope they'll have like an archive but I could do something similar to DVR function because I love I'm able to DVR that. I I, I do I won't have a problem because I do have Peacock. If if NBC, if NBC renews their deal for the second half of the season, and they put some of the ratings mm-hmm. on Peacock, since I have Peacock, that won't be a problem. If they do that, if they go in that direction, I understand it's not going to be their most marquee events like. Like the Daytona 500 will remain on TV, and the very last race of the season will 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 be on TV. But there might be some races, maybe somewhere in the middle of the summer, that will end up being streaming, could end up being streaming service exclusive during their next TV deal. Very true, very true, man. And um, yeah, you know, just uh, uh, Dan dropped out there for a second, but he'll be back in a second before we wrap up. But, um, yeah, you know, just a couple of notes from the Jets schedule. I mean, obviously, we got um, – uh, here's Dan. Sorry about that. I just got knocked out. No problem. No problem. I was just jumping real quick be, before we get out of here. 
Uh, I just wanted to touch real quick on a couple of the Jets games. I mean, obviously, we got the the great Giants game uh, that, that we're going to be going to. The, the Jets, like we mentioned, are opening on Monday night. The Jets have five primetime games this year, which is the most that they've had in 10 years. And if you combine the last three years together, the Jets only had four primetime games as we lose Dan again. I'm sure he'll be back again in a second. But isn't that crazy that the you know the amount of games this year is even more than for the last three years combined? So, you know, it just goes to show, uh, you know, Dan, I was just mentioning too how the Jets have played uh, – uh, four primetime games over the last three years, and this year they're going to be playing five. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a role reversal for the Jets. Uh, I'm not going to be seeing them at the usual 110 uh, kickoff this year anymore. Yep, exactly. exactly. It's, it's, this team has, has high expectations, and it'll be a disappointment if they don't win a Super Bowl within the window of uh, Aaron Rodgers' contract. It's true, man. And, you know, Eastside Dave mentioned that when he was on our show a couple weeks ago, which, by the way, once again, shout out to our boy Eastside Dave, who's killing it, as always, with the great Roy Harder on the Davey Mac Sports Program. Um, and uh, and obviously the vastly talented Bobby Tamburo. Um, so love those guys over there. But, uh, yeah, Dan, uh, but the one thing, just to touch real quick on, we were talking the uh, Amazon games and the playoffs and everything. The one thing that we can be happy about, though, as Jet fan, Giant fan, is that we're not going to be stuck on those games because we're both going to have the number one seed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So hopefully we won't have to worry about that. Someone, Some other team's fan base will have to worry about their team being a, a playoff game on the streaming service. Exactly. And, Eagles and Chiefs step out of the way. The Jets and the Giants are going to make it an all-New York Super Bowl in Vegas this year. Yup, that, that would be something else. And if that happens, they need to do a mega Super Bowl weekend party. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, like maybe two days before the Super Bowl. And that party, since there's a hotel in Las Vegas themed after New York, that would be the perfect place for that party. Exactly, man. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> and, and and not only that, I might need to arm myself with information. What do, what do you say, me, me and you, if that happens, we team up to try to win the Christopher Mad Dog Russo's impossible Super Bowl contest? <laughs> yes, we'll have to do that a thousand percent. Yeah, we're going to have to do that to somehow outsmart the marquee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we got plenty of time to plan that out, my friend. And uh, I think just we're just about done for today now. Uh, Dan, before we get out of here, do you have anything that you'd like to plug for yourself? Sure. My Twitter, Bobo103NYC on Twitter. Daniel Curlin on YouTube. You can see all, all, all your all your Bobo YouTube co- content. And, of course, Bobo718DK on Instagram for all your, for all your, uh, for all your Instagram content related to me is on there. And plus, Absolutely. you can see me here. And plus, uh, some, some appearances on an Eastside Day, on a, on a Daily Max Sports program. I might be the... One of, one, of, one of the guests on this week's show. Very cool. Very cool. So keep your eye out for uh, for our, our, our co-host right here, Bobo, uh, Daniel Bobo Curlin, on the great Davy Matt Sports program, as always. Keep your eyes open for that. Uh, we'll be retweeting and everything like that, too, if, uh, if anything uh, is put out on social media. So keep it uh, locked on there. And if you want to follow us there and you haven't yet, Make sure to check us out at bsith underscore podcast. You can check me out there at my last name, Kramer NY. And you can head on over to our Instagram at Best Seat in the House Podcast. Uh, don't forget, if you're, if you're watching this video, if you're listening to it, uh, you can download these podcasts anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, you know, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you, can, you, you get them, they will be. 
And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe if you haven't already and give us a like to our video. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and supporting our podcast like always. Uh, I, I'm Rob Kramer. This is my co-host, Daniel Bobo Carlin. And we'll catch you next week, everybody. This is for the Best Seat in the House podcast. Push the button, Frank. <laughs> Let's fucking go Mets. <laughs>